De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today. Yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast. An I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today, we're going to talk about how to determine your marketing budget and ways to jumpstart business growth. Joining us is Matthew Marks, who is the CEO at Evocalize, which provides sophisticated yet simple local marketing automation for multiple location brands and technology platforms that drive results and saves time for teams and end users. So far this week, Matthew and I have talked about optimizing your budget for marketing spend. And today we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing optimizing revenue growth for local and small and medium businesses. Okay, here's my conversation with Matthew Marks, the CEO at Evocalize. You made it, Matthew. You actually returned to the podcast. I thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. It's good to be back. Well, it's a cool conversation because I have to say that so much of how we think about marketing on a global level or on a national level, we really struggle to understand how to market locally, right? And so it's this mystery. I have to say, if you're an SEO, you're, you're banging your head against the wall. You're like, I know how to do it. But for the most part, you know, we're not really good as corporate marketers at nailing this. And here we are talking about Gosh, how do we help small businesses? I think there's a lot to learn from you in terms of how corporate marketers can help out. So I want to get an idea of just how local we can get. Are we talking about city block level? Are we talking about city of Manchester level? Like how local can the corporate folks get at helping generate revenue for their local franchises? Well, Doug, I think that's a great question. It depends. Uh, my answer, of course, often frustratingly is it depends, but it depends a little bit in terms of industry. Because there are some regulations in some of the industries we work in that restrict targeting to a wider geographic area for fair housing laws, for instance, restrict targeting down to a 15-mile radius around a location. So, so some industries, local marketing is city level, right? And slightly smaller than that, kind of neighborhood level in some cases. But others aren't kind of beholden to those requirements and don't have those. And yeah, we can get it down to the half mile, one mile radius is typically where we see. The challenge you get, Doug, with getting too granular, of course, is in the paid marketing world, you're you're paying for audience, right? And so you end up, I call it forcing it, but you end up pushing budget through a small hose, right? And, and what you end up doing in a lot of cases is driving up your costs unnecessarily without return. So we have best practices around that kind of per industry that we work with our, our partners on to set up kind of push button programs that are already kind of tried and true from a location perspective. That's a lot to think about too. I mean, we're talking about a lot of regulatory issues that frankly probably change depending on the state. We're talking about regulatory issues that are overhangs from the Fed. Fair housing is a great example that's interesting. And I have to say, I, I feel like that's a certain amount of just forest for the tree problems that we just accept as marketers, right? 
that the local folks, like that's their daily reality. That's how they live and kind of function. I'm curious though, we talked yesterday quite a bit about how we're going to call the marketers for the moment, the local franchise owners, they have this wealth of information. You talked about first party data and the ability to really act on that first party data. That's probably one of the keys to the kingdom for them. Where do you typically ask these folks to start and how do you help them bridge that gap? Are you giving tutorials on first party data or are you able to ingest this into a tool or something that'll help them? Our best case scenario and we're always aiming for is push button simplicity, right? So we aim for push a button based on the objective you want to accomplish. So again, you know, in the real estate world, acquire new leads for people who want to sell their house in these neighborhoods, right? For likely sellers, acquire new leads, right? So I press that button and the system then knows, you know, if you're using a, you know, technology for this at the local level, the system knows what the objective is. So now it can go assemble all of the data that it has access to. So we like to, every chance we get pre-wire that data into the system. So the local marketer, you know, doesn't have to deal with that complexity. We do offer in our technology, we offer the ability for a local marketer to upload data. And we have a little simple wizard to do it, but I'll tell you, we avoid that at all costs because even something as simple as, you know, to us as creating a CSV export out of a CRM database and attaching it and uploading it, it's not easy for small scale local marketers. You know, it's time consuming. You're dealing in multiple systems. You get confused. The you know, you have some stray comma somewhere, right? And things don't come out the way you wanted them to. So we like to make it easy and, and make it push button, you know, simple. And I think that's what marketers at the corporate level who are enable these folks need to strive for. You have to give them a, a button that asks them a couple questions to localize things and kind of ready, ready, aim, fire kind of thing. Makes sense. And I'd also say that I think there's a big difference in how the corporate folks can help the local folks based on, I guess, a couple dynamics. One would be, are you driving leads? And the other is, are you driving foot traffic? Do you see significant differences in how optimization strategies work based on those two use cases? I don't think so. I think generally, overall, those are, at the end of the day, you set the objective correctly, you wire up the right data the right way. The system kind of works the same, regardless of objective, right? And so, you know, that's all based in the best practices and the expertise that the corporate has for setting up these programs and what data works best for what purpose, right? How are we building look-like models, you know, across channels? And the corporate has all of that expertise, right? And the local level just doesn't. So if they set all that up properly, it doesn't really matter. The local users, you know, can choose an objective and execute it. I mean, you're trying to find customers and make an impact with language, right? And optimize to that. And that's pretty standard, you know, across objectives. I imagine the test, iterate, improve, deprecate process is not natural for local business owners. How much of that is carried typically for you with your platform? How much of that are you kind of helping folks with? In other words, driving them towards that optimum marketing mix, but optimum revenue mix? Yeah, for us, we work with, you know, in, in our case, with our technology to vocalize, we work with our corporate partners for their particular business, the data they have access, their brand requirements, their legal and compliance requirements. We talked earlier about fair housing, right? Like all of those are wired in at the corporate level and the, the local marketer has a library of buttons, right? So instead of a library of videos they can watch and try and figure out how to do something and then try and go replicate it, you know, what we try and do is you wire everything up so the local user has a button to push, you know, they can tweak the budget they get an estimate of results right there before they spend a dollar, they can localize it a little bit and press the button to go. 
And to me, like that's really what the local marketer needs. Cause you know, as we talked about in the last episode, these platforms are pretty complicated. And so getting in and, and learning as a local marketer, you don't have much time and getting in and testing and learning in Facebook and then getting in testing and learning in Google and getting in testing and learning in TikTok and keeping everything up to date and in measuring performance and adjusting things. And that's what you have to do as a marketer, right? To, to succeed if you don't have tech that does it for you or a corporate team that's doing it for you. So in our case, we have the tech doing part of the heavy lifting and the corporate team doing part of the heavy lifting on the test and learn process. So it's important, I think, Matthew, for you and your organization to be hyper aware of what life is like for those local franchisee owners. I wouldn't mind painting that picture really quick to get an idea of what it is exactly and why we're talking about why this is such a big lift, right? I mean, I think we understand look, if your core business is selling hamburgers or getting people to do their taxes well, you know, you're not going to be a marketer naturally. But I just want to give some context, right? So I'm a local franchise owner. I've put down hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is that about right to be a part of the franchise? Yeah, depends on the franchise, but yeah maybe more, maybe a million or more. I put that down. I have facilities costs. I have people costs typically, right? And then, by the way, for the franchisee, they're, they're really, if you will, renting a brand on some level, right? I have this larger brand. That's going to give me cachet. I'm not having to start Ed's Fish Shop. I'm starting with, I don't know, McDonald's, right? And then I'm paying franchise fees. And only by paying franchise fees, there are standards to make sure if I go into, a, I'm going to pick on McDonald's for this case. I don't know why. I don't need a McDonald's. But you know, you walk in and you get the same menu at every single McDonald's. You've got that going on for you. And then it's like, oh, guess what? You owe me money at the end of every month or quarter. Those are my franchise fees. And if you don't hit your revenue targets, guess what? I'm thinking of Goodfellas, by the way. Forget you. Where's my money? Is that a fairly accurate picture for what it's like to be at that franchise level? It's a very accurate picture. And by the way, you're also paying marketing fees. Right. So you're paying marketing fees on the local level up to corporate, sometimes in the, the order of two, three percent, right? That you're paying up to fund the, the corporate group's franchisors marketing efforts, right? And so you got all that going on. You still have to run your location as if you were an independent business outside of the franchise system in the franchise world. And then you still have to, you're responsible for the franchise fees, right? And you're responsible for, for performing. Otherwise, you could lose your franchise. Right. And so you have to not only be an operator, but a marketer on top of all this. Right. You have to. You have to figure out how to solve the, the problem, uh, regardless of how you do it. It's a requirement, not an optional you know, element to this process. So it's hard, but it's not just hard for those franchise owners. Let's flip that back around. So we've got the I'm going to give it a title, but the person that's responsible for a group of franchises, say, in a local level. Right. Let's call it a local GM. They have marketing people. There's a whole system to make sure this works well. If that franchise doesn't succeed or struggles, you've effectively wasted a little bit of your brand, but at the same time, you create a situation where you have a hole in the revenue, right? You have a revenue hole that's going on. And if those local franchises are struggling, guess what? They have franchise meetings. They go to events and they go, are you getting hosed? I'm getting hosed, right? So there's risk for the corporate folks. So anything they can do to make sure that that franchise is successful, they have to do. It's exactly right. And by the way, at these franchise events, was talking with the franchise owner of a number of Dairy Queen restaurants up in the Pacific Northwest a couple of weeks ago in person at, at a CEO event. And he said, I'm a techie because, you know, I've founded some tech companies and sold them, but I also own these Dairy Queens. And so I get all the Dairy Queen owners, all my peers in the region emailing me constantly asking me how I'm acquiring customers, how I'm marketing, what am I doing to succeed, right? How are my stores so successful 
you know, from a demand perspective. And he said, I, it's impossible for me to, to answer them all. Like I can't teach them all to be tech forward, tech first marketers. Right. And I think, you know, that's um, certainly in the best interest of the franchisor. It's also a value add, right? Like you can market that if you're good at it at the franchisor level, you're certainly looking for tech that differentiates you to get folks to buy into your franchise and drive value. But this is something you can actually not only use to sell franchises, but also makes you money at the end of the day directly. I think we as marketers, certainly at the, the franchise level, at companies that have company-owned locations need to do the same thing in a lot of ways, right? Have to invest in making folks successful, not leaving them out on their own. And you've had a fair amount of experience now walking in the shoes of both the local owner and the franchise. Are there things that you'd recommend back out to just the regular corporate marketer that can help them thinking about that local marketing? And I have to give the the scenario that I encounter most often myself and my peers, which is these moments where you need to be hyper-local that stand out from all the other stuff you're typically doing. And a good example of that is I'm going to a trade show or I'm trying to organize a local event. And suddenly you're like, wait, how do I do this? <laughs> I've got my digital chops. I understand how to create retargeting. I'm going to get a list from last year. I'm going to do these things. But you've seen this live and in person in terms of, hey, if you don't succeed, that business might go out of business. So what kind of tips would you give to us corporate marketers about that hyper-localization that works? I mean, I would say the the local equivalent to that, right? So that's kind of a B2B sense. We've got trade shows, right? But if the local equivalent of that is the concert right? That's going on in, in, in the city, right? Am I going to, am I going to participate in that? That's an event that's going on. If I'm a local business, I can participate in that energy. I can participate in the upside of that sales event. There's no way at a corporate level, you can understand all the events that are going on in every city all the time and keep up with that and keep track of it. But you know, who knows what's going on? The restaurant around the corner from the concert venue, they know there's an event coming. They know when it is. They know, uh, you know, in, in, I, I went to the, uh, the opening of the Moody Center in Austin, Texas uh, last weekend, and we had Willie Nelson and George Strait open this, this beautiful new venue, and every business in that whole area of downtown Austin knew that was going on. Their parent company, no clue, right? So you have to enable the local business to be agile enough on their own to run their own marketing but to not have to figure it all out from scratch every time themselves, right? So give them a way to do that. Give them a template, right, for to be able to drive local events because they know what's going on at the street level. I have a prediction, Matthew. I, I think this is terribly bold, but I think that with tools like Vocalize and others, I do think we're going to be finding ourselves in a situation where corporate marketers are learning from those local marketers and best practices, like ways of optimizing revenue, iteration cycles on testing, getting to the best result. I think once they have that right toolkit, I think we're going to learn a lot from them. And I'm looking forward to it. I am too, Doug. I think, you know, we spent a lot of time at the corporate level. Again, I've been a corporate marketer for years here speaking. We spent a lot of time tuning the funnel to, to eke out another few basis points, right? The local marketer, I think, can teach us a lot about getting multiple percentage gains by doing some real fundamental marketing things again versus just dialing an attribution. So I'm excited to see more and more of that uh, come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. It constantly faces the corporate market. Oh my gosh, the corporate market's going to be a dirty name when I tell we're done with this conversation, Matthew. But you know, you're, you're, this idea of a buyer persona is an abstract. Well, guess what? Local franchise owner, that persona needs to walk through the door every single day. And if it doesn't, 
your host. So I, I got to tell you, Matthew, I, again, I'm looking forward to this. I'm predicting 18 months from now, the local folks will more know more than the corporate marketers. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Matthew Mark, CEO at Vocalize, for joining us. If you'd like to contact or learn more about Matthew, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Matthew Marks, or visit his company website at evocalize.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Not TikTok yet. Or you can contact me directly where my handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day, okay? That's all for today, but until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.